from the frozen tropics of Canada, you are listening to The Elephant Room on Radio A1A. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to a very special edition of The Elephant Room. My name is Jeff Gallagher. It looks like all the crazies were out in full force this last week as we saw another shooting, this time outside of Nashville, Tennessee. We are also going to be covering the Democrats' latest stunt in yet another lawsuit against the Trump administration. Also, in honor of 420 Day last Friday, I did a little investigative report, and I'm actually going to debunk a few myths of the origin in regards to the stoner celebration. Plus, GQ Magazine ranking of the most overrated books ever brings back the return of the Elephant Room exclusive, Jeff's epic rant. So grab your beverage of choice, go to your kitchen, because when we return in 30 seconds, we start the 10th episode of The Elephant Room, right here on Radio A1A. April the 28th, Radio A1A is going to be in Tarpon Springs, Florida for Rock the Dock. We'll be there all day, and then at 8 p.m., Bertie Higgins takes the stage. Thought I'd drink another red stripe. Thought I'd think about getting right. Welcome back to our historic 10th episode of The Elephant Room. So much for the over-under being two episodes and I would be pulled off air, but let's get it on. I always hate when I have to start my program with this, but sometimes it is an unfortunate responsibility. The man suspected of killing four people in a half-naked shooting rampage inside a Waffle House outside of Nashville, Tennessee, may be carrying two guns as he evades police and has what authorities describe as a history of mental illness. The suspect, 29-year-old Travis Renking, was arrested in July of 2017 for being in a restricted area near the White House with investigators saying, quote, he wanted to set up a meeting with the president. More than a year before that, Renking claimed the singer Taylor Swift was stalking him, police had said. Normally, I do not give name recognition to these scumbags, but because at the moment of the recording of my program, he had not yet been apprehended, so I made the exception for public safety concerns. A possible motive for the shooting at the Waffle House just outside of Nashville early Sunday morning was unclear, according to police. Ranking's firearm authorization was revoked at the request of the FBI after the arrest near the White House, Metro Nashville Police Department spokesperson Don Aaron said on Sunday. He added that four weapons were seized, including the AR-15 that Ranking allegedly used in Sunday's shooting. Aaron said the four guns were returned to the subject's father, who acknowledged giving them back to his son. Police said they recovered the AR-15 and another gun found during a search earlier Sunday, but could not account for the other two firearms. Ranking was wearing a green jacket with no shoes and no pants during the shooting, Aaron said. After the suspect fled the restaurant, he apparently returned home and put on some pants before running off again. 
Officials have identified the four people who were killed in the shooting as 29-year-old Toreen Sonderlin, 20-year-old Joe Perez, 23-year-old Aquila Da Silva, and 21-year-old D. Ebony Groves. Two other people, 21-year-old Shanita Wagner and 24-year-old Sharita Henderson, were being treated for gunshot wounds at the Vanderbilt University Medical Center. The man who was dining at the restaurant said he spotted an opportunity to confront the shooter and pull his gun away. James Shaw Jr. said of the incident, quote, I figure if I was going to die, the gunman was going to have to work for it, unquote. Shaw had entered the restaurant just two minutes ahead of the gunman. Shaw also said he managed to get a hand on the gun and grab it, then threw it over the counter and took the shooter outside with him before the suspect ran away. Even though Shaw has said he acted against the gunman, what he claims were completely out of selfish reasons, officials and many others are referring to him as a hero. The Tennessee Bureau of Investigation added Rankin to its top 10 most wanted list on Sunday and is offering a reward of up to $2,500 for information leading to his arrest. The Bureau said he is approximately 6 foot 4, weighing 180 pounds. All of us here at Radio A1A hope to receive the news of his capture by the airing of this episode. And from one nut job to an entire fleet of them, the Democratic Party on Friday filed a multi-million dollar lawsuit against Trump campaign officials, the Russian government, and WikiLeaks, alleging a widespread conspiracy to tilt the 2016 election in Donald Trump's favor calling it, quote, an all-out assault on our democracy, unquote. The Democratic National Committee filed a civil suit in federal district court in Manhattan. The suit amounts to another legal broadside related to the 2016 presidential race on top of special counsel's ongoing Russia probe and the FBI raid on Trump's personal attorney last week. The suit states, quote, the conspiracy constituted an act of previously unimaginable treachery. The campaign of a presidential nominee of a major party in league with a hostile foreign power to bolster its own chance to win the presidency. President Trump fired back hours later via Twitter calling the suit, quote, good news. Just heard the campaign was sued by the obstructionist Democrats. This can be good news, he said, in that we will now counter for the DNC server that they refuse to give to the FBI, the Debbie Wasserman Schultz servers, documents held by the Pakistan mystery man, and the Clinton emails, unquote. Campaign manager of Donald J. Trump for President Incorporated slammed the suit as frivolous and predicted it will be dismissed, saying, quote, This is a sham lawsuit about a bogus Russian collusion claim filed by desperate, dysfunctional, and nearly insolvent Democratic Party. With the Democrats' conspiracy theories against the president's campaign evaporating as quickly as the failing DNC's fundraising, they've sunk to an all-new low to raise money, especially among small donors who have abandoned them. This, to me, is just absolutely nuts, but it really should, it shouldn't shock me anymore, those on the left. They are now suing for losing an election. I could go right into a rant on this, but GQ Magazine gets that honor this week. But I will say this, I've said it before on this show many times, there is no Russia collusion. 
a year into the investigation, no proof. You lefties couldn't prove collusion, so you moved on to porn stars, golden showers with hookers, and now you've moved on to obstruction. Show proof or shut up. I'm getting tired of having to read leftist BS every week in the Destroy Trump media to do my program. Just because you snowflake lefties are still butthurt, your candidate was so untrustworthy that you couldn't rely on her to sit the right way on a toilet. But here I get going into a rant, so I must digress. It will be the greatest joy of my talk radio career when all the dust settles, when all that remains is truth and real truth. I really hope I am still the voice of this program when the Democrats responsible for this corruption and lies are exposed for being the true fearmongers who separated the people of the greatest country in the world for the sole purpose of greed and power. I also hope I am still alive when they make that first chisel mark and add President Trump's terrible quaffed hairdo on top of Mount Rushmore. Let's get away from the topic of politics that separates people and move on to one that brings us together. One that was celebrated with a hope for the future of this world. I wish I was referring to Earth Day, but I'm talking about April 20th or 420 day for those in the cannabis culture. People from all over the world who partake in the recreational pharmaceutical that is the green gold, the ganja, the herb, and yes, mom, I'm talking about weed, have taken to this day like any other spiritual holiday. But where did it come from? How did this all start? As a non-toker myself, I was curious, so I went right to my stoner friends for answers in this very special investigative report. Unfortunately, what I found was a variety of different explanations leaving more questions than answers. Well, that and a contact high from being hotboxed in multiple apartments with people that looked like Grateful Dead fans but smelled like my sociology teacher's car. So after eating a few cookies, which I found out 15 minutes later were also infused in the celebratory substance, I found myself on a holy quest to discover the origin of 420 and debunk a few myths along the way. Some of my bong-smoking educators on this quest said it originated in California as 420 is the penal code section for marijuana use. Well, it ain't. That was a quick search into California law that debunked that myth. A 420 in the California Penal Section actually refers to obstructing entry on public land, so myth busted. I was also told it was police radio code in various cities like New York or San Francisco for marijuana smoking in process. While well, in speaking with my police officer friends who looked at me as if I had a third ear and asked if I needed a ride home because no such code existed. Myth busted. This next one, thankfully, was my quickest stop on my holy quest as there were six gentlemen sharing a one-bedroom apartment and the whole place reeked of cat, but there was no cat. And it was the easiest myth to call BS on as I am a huge fan of all three artists involved in the story. I was told 420 began in honor of Jim Morrison, Jimi Hendrix, and Janis Joplin, who all died on April 20th. Well, no, they did not. Not even close, my hippie friends. Not even close. 
Jim Morrison died July 3rd. Jimi Hendrix died September 18th. Janis Joplin died October 4th. So gentlemen, go smoke another one and get some Febreze or find that cat. The next story from a bunch of gentlemen. This one was a stretch at best, even in my state of mind during the investigation. But another origin story included Bob Dylan. Okay, so far, I might buy this. That's about where the story reaches another planet and lost me. Apparently, Bob Dylan's legendary Everybody Must Get Stone reference from his hit Rainy Day Woman number 12 and 35. Well, as 12 multiplied by 35 does equal 420. Well, I wasn't buying it, but I thought, how the hell do I debunk this myth? Luckily for me, I had a pocket full of Cheetos, and I remembered that I had the Google machine, which led me to an interview with the icon Bob Dylan himself, completely denying any such nonsense with him being the originator of 420. Myth busted, but my quest continued. I found myself walking aimlessly in a haze of unfamiliarity. Somehow, I remembered the younger 20-something kids mentioning a Bob Marley connection, which gave me hope if this tradition was going to be somehow connected to a musician, Bob Marley would be a great place to look. Luckily for me, I have many Jamaican friends, so off I go in search of knowledge from some true Jamaican islanders. When I asked if 420 had any connection to the most celebrated reggae singer of all time, their answer was forthcoming, heartfelt, but very brief. And I won't even attempt to try a Jamaican accent, but their response was this, and I quote, Man, get the F out of here with that white boy stuff. Only they didn't say stuff, unquote. But they seem credible, so I'm taking their word for it. Myth busted. So there I was, back to where I started. So I took some time to think, and I knew now that I ate enough secret menu items at the 24-hour McDonald's that if I was going to crack this case and solve this mystery, I was going to have to approach this like I do all of my other factual, serious reporting here on The Elephant Room. I was going to have to get blind, stinking drunk and surf the internet. So after a few Jim Beams, half a dozen Bud Light Lime, and whatever was in that jug in the back of the fridge with the chunks in it, I discovered the most likely beginning of the 420 phenomenon was a group of five California teens that used to hang out by a wall outside their San Rafael school, a meeting spot that inspired their nickname, the Waldos. Apparently, in 1971, the Waldos learned of a Coast Guard member who had planted a cannabis plant and could no longer tend to the crop. Provided with a treasure map, and some legend says by the plant owner himself, supposedly leading to an abandoned product. The group would meet at the Lewis Pasteur statue outside their high school at least once a week to conduct a search. Their meeting time? You guessed it, 420 because as athletes, this is when practice ended. So the Waldos would pile into the car, smoke a ton of weed, and search the nearby Point Reyes forest for the elusive free herb. One of the original members of the group, Steve Capper, reported to the Huffington Post, and no, I did not make that up, we would remind each other in the hallways at school that we would meet up by saying, 420. The legend says they never did store the free stash, but if the story is true, they certainly found something more than just a joint. 
to share with the world. And on that note, I think this calls for some Bolueo by Corey Young. Stick around. You're listening to The Elephant Room right here on Radio A1A. Something else you need Let's just grow some And then smoke some We'd be naturally kind We'd be happy all the time We could joke some If we talk some Oh yeah now can show you, you let me show you, that instead of taking pills and deadly pharmaceuticals, will help your body, cleanse your body.
Welcome back to the Elephant Room. My name is Jeff Gallagher. Let's take a look back at the weird and wacky from the past week in the news. The popular coffee chain Starbucks remains in hot water this week as multiple controversies pile on top of each other. In the wake of protests over two African-American men who were arrested for allegedly trespassing at a Philadelphia location and a video surfacing of a California location showing employees denying an African-American American access to the restroom and later calling police. Well, now police at an Atlanta location have launched an investigation after a 25-year-old customer reportedly found a hidden camera in the restroom. According to police, the camera was taped under a baby-changing station and had over 25 videos stored on it. The woman who found the camera reportedly handed it over to Starbucks manager who said he would alert the corporate office until the customer convinced him to contact police. A police officer told Atlanta's local Fox 5 station, quote, We've learned that the device had about an hour's worth of recorded video on it. Detectives found 8 to 10 men and women had been videotaped while in the restroom. He added a lot of it was men using the urinals so they were from the back. There were images of women using the toilet, but nothing was clear enough to identify as a private area. None of the victims were children. The latest incident comes as the coffee chain was in the middle of some serious damage control for the arrest controversies that led to the company announcing that on May 29th, they would be closing 8,000 locations that day to provide 175,000 employees with race bias training. Who wants to see people poop? What is wrong with this world? I know Chuck Berry was into that stuff and I... Knew an insulator back in the day that was kind of in that, but come on, man. I guess it wouldn't be the good, the bad, and the ugly without a good old poop story. It seems to seems to be the trend around here. Well, now from poop to just plain crap. A Colorado woman is facing a $500 fine from U.S. Customs and Border Protection for saving a free apple she received as a snack from Delta Airlines on her way back to the United States from Paris, France. Crystal Tadlock told reporters that towards the end of her flight from Paris, flight attendants passed around apples in plastic bags as a snack. Tadlock put the fruit in her carry-on to save for when she was hungry during the second leg of her trip. Once Tadlock arrived in the United States, she went through customs and her bag was chosen to be randomly searched. Tadlock says the custom agent pulled out the apple in the plastic bag with Delta's logo on it. When questioned about the snack, Tadlock explained she received the apple from the airline and asked if she could throw it away or eat it. The customs agent allegedly told her no and fined her $500 for carrying undeclared fruit. Tadlock said the innocent mistake could end up costing her more than just $500. She could also lose her global entry status, which allows pre-approved low-risk travelers to have expedited clearance to the United States. Ouch, that sucks. You can't mess around with customs agents, mistake or not. You want to talk about power, folks? It ain't the president, it ain't the police, or whatever. It's customs agents. Think about it. At any time, for any reason, they can look in your bum. That is power. 
And here is the story that made me bring back the Elephant Room Epic Rants after only one week of being removed from the program. The editors at GQ Magazine put the Holy Bible on the list of 21 classic books you don't have to read before you die. GQ's No Need to Read This Book List appears in its May 2018 issue. However, the story was posted online last Thursday. The editor of the men's magazine stated, quote, We've been told all our lives that we can only call ourselves well-read once we've read the great books. We tried. We realized that not all great books have aged well. Some are racist, some are sexist, but most are just really, really boring. So we and a group of unboring writers give you permission to strike these books from the canon. They also explained that only 20 books are actually on the list of 21 because Mark Twain's Adventures of Huckleberry Finn is listed twice. The Bible held the number 12 spot. Novelist Jesse Ball stated in his synopsis of the Bible, The Holy Bible is rated very high by all who supposedly live by it, but in actuality have never read it. Those who have read it know there are some good parts, but overall it's certainly not the finest thing man has ever produced. It's repetitive, self-contradictory, foolish, and even at times ill-intentioned. He recommends reading instead of the Bible, Agatha Christoph's The Notebook, calling it a marvelous tale of two brothers who have to get along when things get rough. GQ says other books you don't have to read are Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger, The Old Man in the Sea by Ernest Hemingway, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, A Farewell to Arms also by Hemingway, and Lord of the Rings by J.J.R. Tolkien to name a few on the list. Which brings me to the return of the Elephant Room exclusive, Jeff's Epic Rant. I don't even know where to start with these GQMFers. The arrogance, the self-righteousness, or the pretentiousness. It's bad enough these artsy pansies want to trash Mark Twain and Hemingway, but the Bible, that takes lady balls only a lefty could have. You see, folks, it's trendy as all hell these days to be atheists. It's just another backlash to any authority figure. Doesn't matter if it's the police, government, parents, or God. It's just trendy to hate it. But especially due to those on the alt-right who like to jam the Leviticus verse down the throats of those in the LGBTQ community. So there's this popular hate on for Christianity in today's culture claiming homophobia and sexism. Yet they don't dare condemn the Koran for its position on the same topic. But we're not going to go there today. We're just going to leave that part alone. I take enough heat on this show already for being political. I ain't going to turn it into a religion debate. But I will say this to all these douchebags that want to trash faith. Faith is what keeps us going in the worst times of our lives. Faith is what breathes hope when there's none. And faith is what makes us as humans do the right thing. One's relationship with whoever one prays to is the most personal and honest relationship one can have, and it's one that cannot be shared with another human. It's your deepest thoughts, hopes, fears, questions, all into one. 
Even if Judeo-Christian faith ain't your thing, the Ten Commandments are common sense rules that anyone with half a brain would want to instill into their children. It's don't steal, respect your folks, don't cheat on your partner, don't kill anyone, don't worry if the neighbor's got a hotter wife with bigger boobs, don't spread BS about other people, and yes, I'm paraphrasing, but it's common sense that needs to be brought back into these generations. Ever since we pulled religion out of our schools, society has gone to crap because there's no moral compass anymore. I'd rather live my life believing in God and finding out I was wrong than living my life believing he doesn't exist and finding out he does. Don't get me wrong, I have many atheist friends, so this is not going to that community as a whole. This is going out to all you faith bastards, especially those jackwads from GQ magazine. Those that honestly believe that when you die, there's just nothing, and you're just returned to the earth, and you become part of nature, and maybe your bodily compost will help you grow into a beautiful tree. Well, believe it or not, I hope you're right. I really, really hope that vision of the bleak future is right because it puts a huge satisfactory smile on my face just thinking one day my great, great, great grandchildren will chop that damn tree down, smash you up in a pulp, turn that pulp into paper, and then print the Bible on your ass. And that was Jeff's epic rant. Stick around. We are listening to The Elephant Room right here on Radio A1A. Every Sunday at noon on Radio A1A is the Drop Rock Top 40 show with yours truly, Harry T. I'll be here to count down from number 40 down to number one. The number one Drop Rock song of the week. Every week, right here, noon, Sundays, Radio A1A, RadioA1A.com, music for the road to paradise. Down by the big blue sea Some monkeys threw a party Underneath the banyan tree The first monkey brought bananas The second one brought the wine The third little monkey brought some monkey girls And they all had a really good time Yeah, the monkeys threw a party They were swinging by the big blue sea What do you say we go monkey around Baby, just you and me what do you say we go monkey around, honey, just you and me? They started singing some old monkey song, I was drinking that coconut wine. It wasn't too long till they were carrying on, swinging from a monkey vine. High above the ocean, way up in the banyan tree. Two little monkeys took their fur coats off and they dove into the sea. Yeah, the monkeys threw a party They were swinging by the big blue sea What do you say we go monkey around Baby, just you and me What do you say we go monkey around Little honey, just you and me He hadn't seen the new world yet Yeah, but he was on his way 
looking through his little telescope when those monkeys jumped out of that tree. He said, man alive, I gotta take a dive because that looks like fun to me. Yeah, the monkeys threw a party and they were swinging by the big blue sea. Hey, what do you say we go monkey around, baby, just you and me? Yeah, the monkeys threw a party they were swinging by the big blue sea. What do you say we go monkey around, baby, just you and me? And I love that monkey business, I think it suits me fine. Baby, I'll bring the bananas, and you can bring the coconut wine. Baby, I'll bring the bananas, yeah, you can bring the coconut wine. Welcome back to the Elephant Room. My name is Jeff Gallagher. I've been so long-winded this episode, I almost forgot our NHL playoff update for hockey fans of the Tampa Bay Lightning, who won their playoff series against the New Jersey Devils four games to one, while Toronto Maple Leafs fans face a second straight elimination game against the Boston Bruins tonight at 7 p.m. Boston leads that series three games to two. The Radio A1A Trop 40 countdown this past Sunday saw another shift in the polls this week. As always, I will be ending this program with the top five songs of the Trop 40 countdown, and they are number five, Sunshine State of Mind by Randy Moore. Number four, Under an Old Palm Tree, Troy Powers. Number three, My Wave, Alan Ronco. Number two, Me Time, Brooke Graham. And the number one song for the Radio A1A Trop 40 Countdown ending April 22, 2018, Sail to the Moon by Joe Downing. Congratulations to all of our artists in the Trop 40 Countdown, especially those in the top five. And as always, the Trop 40 Countdown can be heard, for the most part, Every Sunday, right here on Radio A1A, noon o'clock, Keys time. And in the event we go through a little bit of a hassle like we did this past Sunday, if we have an issue, you can always hear it on our sister station, Cruisin' Country Radio. Either way, Harry T. and Miragonzo Mays, they got your back. They know how to get you guys the top 40 countdown. And it looks like that is my time. But before I leave everyone here today, I just wanted to send a special thank you to everybody for continuing to tune in each and every week, as this is my 10th week already. Unbelievable. And to think the over-under was two episodes before I've gotten taken off the air. Either I'm doing something right, or Harry T. doesn't listen to this program at all. But I really wanted to thank everybody for allowing me to be your elephant in the room each and every week right here on Radio A1A. So until next time, from the frozen tropics of Canada, this is Jeff Gallagher saying, It's cold out there. Drink warm thoughts. You've been listening to The Elephant Room on Radio A1A. Flicks are falling, roads are getting icy and slick. 
take a walk on the beach. Hey, 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 hey. Which one would it be? 
Turning back, love has found its way in this dreamer of the oceans. He's here to stay for the one who stole his heart from the way. It's your love, your touch, your kiss. That I just can't resist. You're my own. But you ain't half smoke, but snuffed out in my ashtray. That ought to get me to forty. I only think about it when I'm high on red wine. The rest of the day I seem to be just fine. Gonna head down to the coastline, have a little me time. I dare that tide to reach my chair. I don't even want nobody knowing I'm down here. I came to free my mind, have a little me time. Between my 
toes Maybe get a little sunburn on my nose Chill out, see how it goes Hanging with the Gulf of Mexico
smile.